0: For tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four time national award winning POET radio, I'm your host, minister, and teacher of Truth Hour Ministries, Brother Black Ice. Now, today's lesson is the race is not to the swift, but to he who endures to the end. The race is not to the swift but to he who endures to the end. Now, brothers and sisters, this lesson right here is very personal for me because I'm, I, I just want to reflect on my journey that God has placed me from the time that I came into this knowledge. And I'm not talking about the knowledge of God. I'm not, I'm not talking about the knowledge of the Bible, but the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of the truth of the word of God. That's what I'm talking about. And that was a process within itself, brothers and sisters. So I want to get into all of those things on tonight's show. And I want to talk about that. I want to revisit it. I want to go over it. I want to go into it, brothers and sisters. And hopefully those who are watching today can really see themselves in tonight's lesson. And that's what it's all about, brothers and sisters, being able to see yourself in the word of God. Because, again, if I took a picture of everybody who's on live right now, you were standing with me. If I took a picture, one of the first people that you would look to see is yourself in the picture. And if you are not in the picture, brothers and sisters, then you're not as interested in the picture as you would be. Seeing yourself in the picture. So is the Word of God. Often we go to our houses of worship and we don't see ourselves in the picture. And so it is upon the teachers of the Word of God to show us, including myself, that's why I said us, ourselves in the picture. Because again, if we don't see ourselves in the picture, we're not as interested, brothers and sisters. So, let's get ready to get into tonight's lesson. Please go get your Bible. Please go get your paper. Bring those things in an open mind as well, brothers and sisters, because some of these things in the Word of God can be quite offensive. Again, but they are offensive to the correcting of one's behavior, okay? So, we're going to go through this Bible. We're going to show you that even some of the most respected prophets of God and men and women of God made mistakes. Yes, they they made mistakes, brothers and sisters, but God did not throw them away. So it's really not necessarily about the mistake. It's about what you do once you recognize the mistake. Now, let's go. It's let's just go ahead and get into our lesson, brothers and sisters. Let's get into the what we believe. All right. Let's get into the what we believe. Let's see. All right. The Truth Hour Bible class is an online social media Bible-based ministry where we teach the Uncut Word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ so that through the Word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then do not believe it. Here's what we believe. We believe in the name of Jesus. But we have no dispute if you want to use Yahshua or or Yahawashai or whatever you want to use. We have no dispute with those things. But our listeners and readers primarily speak English, so we use the English translation of the name. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four. We believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus the 23rd chapter. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African American, and those who were spread throughout the four corners of the of the earth by way of the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites. And the statues and the laws and the commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must keep the Lord's statues, laws, and the commandments to the best of our ability. Number seven. We believe that we must keep that dietary law. So no shrimp, no pork, no catfish, no lobster, no snail, all according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. These things are unpermissible for those of us who profess to be followers of Jesus. According to the law of the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten in Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Number eight. We believe that both the scriptures or Old Testament and the testimony or New Testament must be used when teaching the Word of God. You can't be a New Testament Christian or an Old Testament scholar. You must be both. Isaiah 8 and 20. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. The word Sunday and the word Sabbath do not go together because Sabbath means seventh day. Saturday is the seventh day, Sunday is the first day. So you can't say, Sunday, Sabbath, because you're saying the seventh day is on the first day, which is incorrect. It was the Romans who gave us Sunday as a day of worship, not the Lord. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. There are not three gods in the Godhead. So when people say God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, there's nowhere in the Bible where you can find the Holy Spirit that goes by the term God. It says that there are three that bear record in heaven. So the Holy Spirit, yeah, he bears record in heaven with God the Father, and God the Son, but he's not a part of the Godhead. So we don't believe in the Trinity. We don't believe in the cross or images or, or, or holidays that originated in the worship of, of other gods. So we don't do Easter. We don't do Christmas. We don't even do New Year's because we know that the Lord's New Year's Day is in the month of March. 14 days before the passover and it was the romans who named january after the god janus the god of two heads and so they changed the months of the year so instead of january being the 11th month of the uh of the year they changed it to the first month of the year but we teach these things and show you how to look them up number 10. We believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, no matter what, race, color, or nationality. Revelation 7, verse 9. Brothers and sisters, at this time, brothers, if you have a hat on or a head covering, we ask that you remove it. Sisters, if you have um, no head covering on, we ask that you go get a head covering, a scarf, or whatever it is that you want or need to cover your head, because according to the word of God, this is a part of his ordinances. When you're, you're listening, teaching, hearing, praying with the word of God, and you can find it in First Corinthians, the eleventh chapter, verses three through six. Now, brothers and sisters, let's get into our lesson today. The race is not to the swift, <clears throat> but to he who endures to the end. This lesson again tonight is designed. To deal with those of us who got exposed to this word of God, we looked at other people. We was like, man, I'm not gonna do what they doing out there. I'm not gonna be like they are out there. And you found yourself doing the same thing that you judge somebody else about or criticize somebody else about. You just got into this walk. You're learning, you're learning not only the word of God, that's just one part of this thing. We also gotta learn how to resist temptation. We gotta learn how to discipline ourselves to not respond and like. When we're dealing with people who are nasty to us, who are hating on us, who are saying evil and devilish things to us. We also gotta deal with that too. So learning the word of God is one thing. Learning the behavior that is conducive of one who contains the word of God within him or herself is a whole nother thing. But let's go here. Let's show you that. God can use anybody when it comes to this word of God. Right. Let's go to the book of Joshua, the second chapter. Now when God was about to deliver Jericho unto the children of Israel, he sent spies into Israel. And these spies had to go and camp out Israel, but there was someone who saved their lives, right? And in return, the person who saved their lives ended up saving the lives of themselves and their whole family but let's see what kind of person this was because see, you can start out one way. It's not the way you start out, it's the way you end up. Let's go to Joshua, the second chapter, verses one through 14. Joshua, the second chapter, verses one through 14. It's not about the way you start out. It's about the way you end up. The race is not to the swift but it is to he who endures to the end. All right, Joshua the second chapter. We're gonna read one through 14 and it reads, and Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly saying, go view the land, even Jericho, and they went and came into a harlot's house. You know what a harlot is? We say that's a hoe today. Another term is a prostitute or a whore. But they came into a harlot's house named Rahab and and, and and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho saying, behold, there came men and here to tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab saying, bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into into your house, for they become to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said, Thus, there came men unto me, but I don't know where they are. And it came to pass, about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, and the men went out. Where the men went, I don't know. Pursue after them quickly. For you shall overtake them. This is what Rahab said to the king's men. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men persuaded, I'm sorry, and the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto unto them upon the roof and she said unto them, men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Now here it is, a prostitute, the least likely of persons <clears throat> got faith so much faith that she told them the lord's plan i know that the lord has given you this land how did she know that because of her faith but remember she's a prostitute she's a harlot this is the way she started but the race is not to the swift it's the he who endures to the end let's continue reading number 10 it says And we're Joshua 2 and 10. It says, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. This is a prostitute testifying, brothers and sisters. Oh, man. Come on, brothers and sisters. Sometimes they got more faith than people who are supposed to have the faith. Verse 12. Now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. And that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the man answered her, our life for yours. If you utter not this our business, And it shall be when the Lord have given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. The race is not to the swift, brothers and sisters. It's to he who endures to the end. So ultimately, we read about brothers and sisters, God delivering the land and to the children of Israel, and they utterly destroyed the people of Jericho. The walls came down. You know the story how they marched around. There's seven times They, they, they shouted. Walls came down. They took and possessed the land. But guess whose life they saved? Rahab and her whole household. She came to them as a prostitute. But she couldn't continue that way, brothers and sisters. It's not about how you start. It's about how you end up. The race is not to the swift. It's to he who endures to the end. God can use anybody, even you. Let's go to the book of 2 Chronicles. Let's show how God uses an unexpected ruler to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Second Chronicles, the 36th chapter, 22 through 33. Second Chronicles, the 36th chapter, verses 22 through 33. I mean, sorry, 22 through 23. It says, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of persia that the word of the lord spoken by the mouth of jeremiah might be accomplished the lord stirred up the spirit of cyrus king of persia that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing saying thus say of cyrus king of persia all the kingdoms of the earth have the lord god of heaven given me here it is He knows that the Lord gives kingdoms to whom he pleases. But now the Lord has given Cyrus an assignment, brothers and sisters. It says, and he has charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all the people? The Lord, his God, be with him and let him go up. So you wouldn't think, brothers and sisters, that God would would use a king, a Persia, to let the Israelites go up and build God a house in Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. Obedience is better than sacrifice. It's not about how you start, brothers and sisters. It's about how you end up. Let he who endure to the end the same shall be saved. I'm just giving you some examples of some people who were the least likely to be chosen. According to us, brothers and sisters, because we would think that this have to be church-going people and people who are in the church and, 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 and go to Bible class. And we would think that these are the people that God would want to choose. But God gives you an example and he shows you through humility that the people whom you thought were nothing, God is even willing to use those people too. So when we fall, brothers and sisters, and we will fall, don't think that you're gonna get in this word of God and you're gonna maintain that 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 level that you find yourself on once you start getting your thing together. No, brothers and sisters, life is gonna hit you, you're gonna fall down, you're gonna take those blows, You're gonna get knocked off your square? You're gonna sin and do things that you know the Lord does not uh, want you to do? I'm talking about both, brothers, I ain't just talking about you. When I say you, I'm including myself, us, brothers and sisters. This walk have to be walked into the end, and during this journey, You're going to stumble and you're going to fall. But here in the word of God, he shows you that if he can use a prostitute, he could use you. If he can use the king of Persia, he can use you. Let's go to the book of Ezra. Let's continue to talk about how God can use the least expected. Let's go to Ezra one, one through four. Ezra one, one through four, and it reads. And this is this this piggybacks off off. And I hate to you use the word pig, but this piggybacks off of what we just read. Ezra one, one through four. Now the first year. Of Cyrus King of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. Okay. Same thing we just read, verse 2. Thus say, thus saith Cyrus King of Persia, the Lord God of heaven, have given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and have charged me to build a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. Now, he had limited knowledge because he's the God everywhere, but he knows that Jerusalem is the place where God chose to place his name. How many of us know that? How many of us can say what the king of Persia said, and we are actually Israelites? I'm talking about through our descendancy, flesh and blood, Israel. Yeah, they call us African American, but how many of us can even say what King Cyrus just said? Let's go, let's stay in the book of Ezra. Let's go to second chapter. We're gonna read one verse 64, one verse 64, and it reads, the whole congregation together was 40 and 2,000. Three hundred and sixty that left and went to Jerusalem because God stirred up the Spirit. And one of the most least likeliest persons that God used to do his work. How many times have we thought thought of ourselves as the least likeliest person that God will use to do something for him. Now, on another level, once God reveals his word to us, we accept this walk, yeah, we're gonna stumble, we're gonna fall, but we gotta show sincerity that this is something that we actually want to do, brothers and sisters. And something that we're actually trying to do, we just need His help. How many times have you asked God, "God, I need Your help. I need Your support. I can't do this thing on my own. My my flesh is too weak. My fuse is too short. I get angry too quick. I gotta I gotta work on my attitude. I need You, Lord. I I can't. You know, I tried. How many of us have actually asked that question to the Lord, in Jesus' name? Well, God will replace you, brothers and sisters. We know this word. And we don't use it properly. And you abuse your authority. When I say authority, I'm talking about once you learn this word of God, there's a certain authority that comes with it. And we got to be patient with those as people were patient with us. Because again, the race is not to the swift. So you might run into somebody, meet somebody, a coworker, a family member, a friend. It's, oh man, forget them, man. I I keep trying to share this word with them and they ain't trying to hear me. Well, maybe it's just you that they ain't trying to hear it from. Maybe now that you've exposed them to this thing, it takes somebody else to come behind you To finish or to complete the job, but you so wrapped up, and you you want to be the one who start them out, expose the word to them, convert them. You want to be the one who's responsible for doing all those things. Maybe it's because you want to take credit for that, and the credit really goes to God, brothers and sisters. It don't go to us. The credit goes to God. So if you got to be the one to open up this book right here and you say, let me show you something, you open up the book, you show them something, you read it to them. That might be the only job that you have. Somebody else may have the job to confirm what it is you exposed to somebody. So you planted the seed. They came and watered the seed. And then it may take another person to cultivate the flower that's producing out of the darkness of the soil of the ground. Because we all come from a dark stage, brothers and sisters, of ignorance. But once our head peeks out of the darkness and we begin to get a little bit of light on our head, which means that we have put the king on our dome. Now the kingdom of God is being established in us through this word. So you planted the seed, get out the way. Somebody else came and wanted the seed, you get out the way. Somebody begins to cultivate the plant. When they're done, let them get out the way. So brothers and sisters, don't worry about trying to take somebody from start to finish. God will send every player and piece of the board that is needed To get to his, not yours, but his. Even your children is not yours, they're his. Yeah, you did your job. You brought them into the world. He used your sperm, he used her egg, he used her as a vessel to bring them into existence. Your job is done. As far as life and the procreation of life is concerned now yes you train a child up the way it should go the bible says it would not part from it from his ways but you can't make a child stay you can bring a child to god you can bring them to god introduce them to god but you can't make them stay god has to be the one that does that that's why jesus said in the book of john the sixth chapter the, this is the father's will of all that he has given unto me. I should lose nothing. So you can't even come to Jesus unless the father draws you to him. Try to go to Jesus by yourself. It ain't gonna work. The father has to be the one that draws you to Jesus. That's why he said to the father of all that you have given unto me. So brothers and sisters, we want to be crystal clear about this whole thing. The race is not to the swift, but to he who endures to the end. If you go back on my YouTube channel, I promise you, you're going to find some erotic poetry. You're going to find me dropping the F-bomb. You're going to find me using some explicit sexual contented lyrics. Because I used to perform that type of poetry. Yes, and I got people on here that would bear witness to that, but I don't do those things that I used to do, brothers and sisters. You have people that want to keep you back in a time machine as to the way you used to be, and they don't want to let the old you go. God has made you into a new creature in Christ, but they don't want to let the old you go. They stuck there. What's wrong with you? Oh, you think you, you think you better than everybody now? No, it's just that I'm a better me. I'm not the same me I used to be. I'm a better me. I'm a new creature in Christ. But like I said, God will replace you. If you misuse or abuse the power that you get from the word of God. Let's find out. Let's go to first Samuel, the eighth chapter. First Samuel, the eighth chapter. 1st Samuel the 8th chapter and this is gonna be a little bit of long one sister key Israel let's go to 1 through 18 let's go 1st Samuel the 8th chapter 1 through 18 let's find out a man that God chose but then how he took the position away from the man that he had chose once the race is not to the swift but it's to he who endures to the end. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. So Samuel the prophet, he wants to keep this thing through his lineage. I'ma pick my sons to be judges over Israel. Okay, prophet. God chose you, prophet. Let's let's look at how your picks fare it out. Now the name of the firstborn was Joel and the name of his second Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, behold, you are old and your sons walk not in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all other nations. Now, the first king of Israel was Jesus, brothers and sisters. He just didn't go by that name. He went by the name Lord God. He went by the name Jehovah. He went by the name or title I am, that I am. These are all titles of Yahshua, Jesus. He just didn't go by that name at that time. And I'm going to make the proclamation here that if you never heard us say it before, man has never dealt with the father. Man has never dealt with the father. The God that man has dealt with was God the son. And we have proven that in this Bible class, brothers and sisters. And that's why Jesus says, no man has ever heard my father's voice or seen his shape at any time. Well, who was Moses talking to? If Jesus said no man has ever heard my father's voice, he was talking to the God of Israel. Who is the God of Israel? It is none other than the one whom we call today Jesus, the Christ. Because no man has ever heard his voice or seen his shape. That's why in John 1 and 1, it gives the son the title God as it does the father. It says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. This was the God of the prophets of the Old Testament. The word. Until he was made flesh. And that's why. John, the first chapter, verse 10, I believe, it says he was in the world and the world was made by him. When has the father ever come into this world? But the son came into this world. So the son does nothing without the father's permission, but know the one who you have dealt with. The same one that you said, well, Jesus came and He changed that. We ain't got to follow those old uh, uh commandments in the Old Testament, where Jesus was the one who gave it to you. Then, so know and understand this word. So let's continue reading. So they fired God as their king. Now they want a man king like all the other nations. It says in verse six. But this thing displeased Samuel when they said, "Give us a king to judge us." And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, listen unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. So, yes, the Lord was our king, but the Lord wasn't good enough for our ancestors. So we fired Jesus or the Lord as our king. Now we want a man. First Samuel 8 and 8, according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore, listen unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall rule over them. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked of him a king, And he said, this will be the matter of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen, and some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. And he would take the yoke, I'm sorry, he would take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he would take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. So what happened? They told the Lord, Lord, you ain't good enough for me. I don't want you no more. We want to be like all the other nations. We want a king to rule over us. Let's read four more verses, 15 through 18. And he would take the 10th of your seed of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he would take your manservants and your maidservants, your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to work. He would take the 10th of your sheep and you shall be his servants. And he shall cry out, In that day because of your, and you shall cry out in that day because of your king, which you shall have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you that day. What happened? That same king that they say they wanted, that was instructed of the prophet who was instructed by God, disobeyed him, which we're talking about Saul at this time, brothers and sisters. And the Lord had to take this rulership away from him. Let's go to Samuel the 13th chapter. Samuel the 13th chapter, verses 9 through 14. Samuel the 13th chapter, verses 9 through 14. And it reads, And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and a peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offerings, the burnt offerings, behold, Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. And Saul said, what is it that you have done? Remember, the Lord instructed him. I want you to go to this nation. I want you to kill everybody. I want you to kill every man, every woman, every child and all of their animals. Leave nothing. But Saul said, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to bring some of these animals back. We could use some of these animals. And I'm going to bring a king back. And I'm going to show people how we conquered this nation and made their king captive. But the Lord said, kill everything. All the men, all the women, all the children, all the animals. So Samuel came. He said, what have you done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that, the, and that you came not within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered themselves together in Mi'mash. Therefore, said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. As Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandments of the Lord thy God which he commanded thee. For now, would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever? But now, your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. Talking about David, and the Lord have commanded him to be captain over his people because you have not kept that which the Lord commanded you. So, again. It started off with us firing God, and then it ended up with God allowing the people to choose a king to rule over them. God said, okay, I'm going to work with you as long as you keep my commandments. Did you hear what I said? God will work with you as long as you keep his commandments. He will work with you. That's not to say nothing bad won't happen and things won't happen, but brothers and sisters, you'll be able to overcome it. You've been wondering why you've been struggling for so long, dealing with the same thing, dealing with the issue that you have been dealing with. Obedience is better than sacrifice. He just wants obedience to his word. That's it he would turn everything bad around for your good. No matter who you are what you have done, brothers and sisters, your faith can help you gain favor in the Lord, your faith. Now, we read about Saul, Saul was being replaced, right? Well, you know what, Sister Key, We know that David was chosen. He was the least likeliest of all of the sons. He wasn't the strongest. He wasn't the tallest. But he was chosen, brothers and sisters. So sometimes, What your vantage point and what your eyesight sees is not the same thing what God's vantage point and his eyesight sees. He will use the least likeliest of persons for his will and his purposes. And this is our lesson to be humble. And if you're not humble, God has a way of humbling you. He will begin to take things away from you that you love. Oh, you love your mama, I'm going to take her away. Oh, you love your children more than me, I'm going to begin to take your children away. Oh, what happened? Oh, there was a drive-by shooting. 14-year-old was outside. Oh, you love that car? Oh, man, I was just in an accident the other day in my brand new car. I love that car. God will begin to remove things from you and take things away from you. To humble you. Obedience is better than sacrifice. For the sake of time, Sister Key is real. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Here's a woman that pleads with the Lord to save her daughter. And the Lord calls this woman a dog. Jesus calls this woman a dog. Let's go read about it. Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28. Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28. But it was her faith, brothers and sisters, that got her request answered. Matthew 15, 21 through 28, and it reads, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, but he answered, not a, not, not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she crieth after us. And I just want to make sure that I correct myself in what I said. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. It's to save her daughter, I just wanted to make sure that I was correct. So her daughter was vexed with a devil. The disciples said, send this woman away. She ain't no Israelite. We ain't got no business talking to her or dealing with her. That's a Canaanite woman. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So the Jesus that came in the flesh through Mary." Who was he sent to? Don't say the whole world because that ain't scripture. Those are not his words. Those are your words. The Jesus that came 2,000 years ago through Mary said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's who he was sent to. But he raised us up and sent us out to reach the other sons and daughters of Adam. So let's put things in perspective. Verse 25, then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. So Jesus just called the woman a dog. I can't give you the children of Israel's meat and give it to a dog, give it to dogs, cast it to dogs. But look at what the woman said, this Canaanite woman who had faith. Let's look at it. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even As you will. And her daughter was made whole. From that very hour. That was one of the first examples. Of how Jesus was going to open up this door. To all of the other nations. Based on their faith. Based on the requirement. Of the measure of their faith. So today we don't look at you if you're not an Israelite and say, hey, we can't rock with you. We look at you based on your ability to keep the Lord's statutes, laws and commandments as it is written in this book. Now remember, the Lord has a way and a mark. His mark is his Sabbath day. So if you want to fall into the body of Christ and be a follower of Jesus and come into that body, then guess what? The same thing that the Israelites keep is what you have to keep, is what we have to keep, brothers and sisters, is dietary law. That's his mark. And you can say, well, yeah, Jesus did away with those things. You go to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and it says, for the law was a shadow of of, of good things to come. Yeah, but that law was the law of animal sacrifice. That's why throughout that whole chapter, Hebrews, the 10th chapter, it talks about the blood of bulls and goats. What law was associated with the blood of bulls and goats? It was animal sacrifice for sin. But this is why we pray for the Holy Spirit to give us the understanding of his word, brothers and sisters, because if we don't have understanding, we could be preaching another doctrine and another Jesus and another gospel. That were passed down from our misinformed ancestors because they didn't know any better. And so. We preach that which we know, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of, let me see. Uh, There's so many things in here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. God has chosen us for a purpose. All of us that have gone through different things, we want you to know that God allowed it. He allowed it because he wanted us to prepare for the work that he had for us to do, but we weren't ready unless we had really went through something. You know, it wasn't until my son died that I created the Truth Hour Bible class. Now, if we go back a little bit before that, Brother Julius and I worked together. I started in 1993 at my job, I believe Brother Julius started in 1991. And so him and I, having a love of the word of God, would debate each other at work every day. Well, let me show you this, Ice. Let me show you this, Hebrew. Let me show you this, Ice. And so it was his ability to go to the scripture and read the word to me that had me intrigued but my son is alive at this time. So I'm hearing it, I'm watching it, I'm witnessing it, but I'm not there yet. The race is not to the swift, but to he who endures to the end. So Brother Julius at that time would put me on the phone with Brother Bowie's teacher, Brother Stearns. Brother Stearns, Tell Ice about this and tell Ice about that and tell him about Paul, Brother Stearns, because Brother Ice don't, you know. I would get on the phone, Brother Stearns, well, brother, well, you know, that's the way he talked. Brother Bowie's teaching that. Well, Brother Paul's writing, according to Peter, is hard to understand. And I said, okay, Brother Stearns, you know, I, I had a lot of respect for him because I knew what his sincerity was. Then Brother Julius started inviting me to Bible class to hear Brother Sterns. So now I'm going to the Bible class, not consistently, but you know, Brother Julius' sincerity and my wanting to support him said, okay, Brother Julius, I'm, I'm going to come to Bible class. We still in the late, 1990s at this time. So I'm going to Brother Stern's Bible class over on 75th Street in the city of Chicago, um, about a block or two east, I'm, I'm sorry, west of Cottage Grove. Brother Stern is teaching, I'm still not, it's not connecting with me at this time. Then I remember the day that Brother Stern's died, he passed away. I remember the moment Brother Julius got the phone call that Brother Stearns was dead. He passed away. Now, I didn't know Brother Bowie at that time. I didn't know that Brother Stearns was Brother Bowie's teacher at that time. But I remember Brother Julius getting a phone call, and he just sat down, and he was crying. Brother, you know, what's going on? Man, they just called me, told me. Brother Stearns died. I remember the split in the Bible class between the one who was going to take over Brother Stearns' place and Brother Stearns' son and how it split. Brother Stearns' son got the class, but he didn't continue on the path of his father. It was either Brother Stern's son or the the, the individual assistant that came into in, in play. One of the two got the Bible class. In any event, Brother Julie Brother Julius left, and he ended up going over to Brother Bowie's Bible class. And he started inviting me over there. So I said, okay, let me go and check them out. Then I ran into Brother Andrew, who was teaching Wednesday night Bible class. I began to press Brother Andrew. Well, what about the name of Jesus? There was no J. Why don't we use the name Yahshua? uh, Brother, we ain't got no problem with the name Yahshua. But let me show you in the Bible where it says, my name shall be great amongst the Gentiles, which is white folks, which is the nation of white people. So if you go amongst the nation of white people, Is the name Jehovah the highest name that they use? Well, no, brother, it's not. Is the name Yahshua the highest name that they use? Well, no, I never really heard white folks using the name Yahshua. There's really us Israelites. Well, what is it, brother Black Ice, the name that's the highest amongst the Gentiles that they use? I said, well, brother Andrew, it's Jesus. Well, didn't he say, my name shall be great amongst the Gentiles? The dots begin to click. And then, of course, you all know the story. 2008, September the 3rd, my son died, passed away from cancer. After we had fought that thing for about two years or a year and a half. I was utterly destroyed in my spirit. I was angry with God, didn't want nothing to do with him. I felt like he betrayed me. I felt like he let me down. I felt like I was going and doing all this mentorship work. I was going to these schools. I was mentoring young people. And then you take my son away. Come on, God, man. This is something that you, I can't accept this one. It was too much, in my opinion, for me to bear. And so... After I lost my son, my heart was open, my emotions was open. People began to come to me and say, hey, you think you lost your son because of something that you did? People don't know what to say, you know what I'm saying? They don't know what to say. And so I began to open up the Bible again because I wanted answers. God, you gotta explain this to me. Then I read, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. We ain't passing your sin down to your son. We ain't passing your son's sin to you. It is the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And then I began to learn the protocol of God. It was like a mathematical equation where you see on the movies where you got E square and you got all these moving parts going and they began to connect and come together. And so I called Brother Julius in 2010, 11 years ago. I said, Brother Julius, I said, you know this word, I'm learning this word. I wanna start a Bible show. I wanna call it the Truth Hour. I want you to come on and teach. I remember we started in my kitchen living room. I mean, I'm sorry, at my kitchen table. There was no Facebook to go live on. All we had was Poet Radio, which is what we're airing on right now. And if you type in the word Truth Hour, Black Ice, and Brother Julius in your Google search engine, it would take you all the way back to 2010 when we were on Blog Talk Radio. I'm saying all these things to you, brothers and sisters, because. It was my trial. It was my struggle. It was the set of circumstances that God placed in my life that caused there to be a truth hour today. And if it were not for a truth hour, there would be no bomb of Gilead. Because seven years into the truth hour Bible class, Brother Julius said, well, Brother Black Ice, I want to start something for the Israel of God. I want to start a radio show. Can you show us? Can you come into the studio? Can you come to the Israel of God and show us how to start our own radio show? Now, I could have been one of those ones that said, well, man, you learn that on your own. If you leave in the truth hour to do this, then you do that on your own. I don't want nothing to do with it. But no, brothers and sisters, God have been preparing me for seven years to be the teacher on the truth hour and so i went in i showed them how to begin the radio show bomb of gilead showed them how to do it and that's why you don't see the bomb of gilead on tuesday because at the time the bomb of gilead started the truth hour was still going on and brother julius didn't want to do it on the same night that the truth hour was on with respect to me and respect to the truth hour, so he said, Brother Black Ice, you do Tuesdays, I'm gonna do Thursdays. And so we support the bomb of Gilead because the bomb of Gilead is a child of the truth hour. The race is not to the swift, but it's to he who endures to the end. Let's go ahead and close this out, brothers and sisters. First Corinthians, The first, Second Corinthians. I'm sorry, First Corinthians, the first chapter, twenty-six through thirty-one. First Corinthians, the first chapter, twenty-six through thirty-one, and it reads: For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty not many noble are called. So God ain't calling presidents. He ain't calling governors. He ain't calling mayors. He ain't calling state senators. He said, for you see your calling. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen, yeah. And the things which are not to bring to not things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who who of God is made unto us. Wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So, this is why when we start the show, I ask God to decrease me so that he may increase in me, brothers and sisters, because it's not about Brother Black Ice. One day, Brother Black Ice ain't gonna be here, but you'll be able to go to. YouTube and type in Truth Hour TV and the lessons that you see on there four years ago and five years ago and six years ago the Lord placed those things there so that you would be able to learn from what we are teaching on this platform even after we are gone so it's not about us this is just the platform and we are the vessels being used to deliver this word of God we are just messengers brothers and sisters God knows what you and I have been through what we are going through and what we will go through he has chosen us for the test brothers and sisters And through your test comes the testimony. And through your mess comes the message. You need to know that you are not alone. You need to know that you are not the only ones that are falling off the horse and got to get back up on it, brothers and sisters. Last place, 2 Corinthians 1, 2 through 4. 2 Corinthians 1, 2 through 4. Last place, 2 Corinthians 1. Two through four, and it reads, Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. So why did God allow me to suffer so many things that I suffered? So that I can identify with those of you who are suffering, brothers and sisters. And have empathy and understanding to know that, hey, I don't know how you feel when you lost your child. But I know how it feels as I said at the funeral yesterday that I spoke of my brother-in-law's wife lost her daughter. Her daughter passed away, 30 years old, drug OD. I couldn't tell her how she felt sitting in that front row as a mother of someone who is in the casket. I don't know how you feel, but I know how it feels to be sitting in that front seat. So we go through our trials and our tribulations, brothers and sisters, because the race is not to the swift, but we gotta endure this thing until the end. That's why we don't use the term that we are saved. Because E.D. means past tense. We are still working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so we say that we are not saved. But we are striving to be saved. And it is not until we set foot in the kingdom of God that we can proclaim and we can profess that we are saved. Because how many people said that they were saved? And then turned away from God. Yeah, you can say anything you want to say, but you're not the judge over you. So only the judge over you can say that you're saved. Now, he gives us the blueprint, the formula and the format to be saved. But we got to follow that blueprint, that formula and that format. and we gotta learn it first in order to be able to follow it. We don't even know it. So brothers and sisters, Sister Key, Israel and I, we talked about what lesson we wanted to do today. I say, Key, this is personal for me. I need to get this out of my system. I need to tell my testimony and my story of how I got to where I'm at today because the race is not to the swift is to he who endured to the end. God forgave all those chosen men even after they sinned. Adam killed God's whole creation through sin. God forgave him. David slept with another man's wife and sent that woman's husband off to be killed at war. God forgave him. Moses killed a man who was abusing the children of Israel, in Egyptian. God forgave. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh to deliver the word of salvation to the people of Nineveh. He said, no, Lord, they ain't even worth it. I ain't even going to do it. I'm going to run for you. God allowed a whale to swallow Jonah. Jonah disobeyed God. God forgave him. Paul was responsible for the death of Jews in Israel, brothers and sisters, so much so that even after God converted Paul, the disciples didn't want to have nothing to do with him at first because of what his history and what his past was. And there be many people that don't want to have nothing to do with you because of your history and your past, but God forgave Paul and he turned around and worked for him. Aaron, brothers and sisters, oversaw the building of a golden calf. Peter denied Jesus three times. We got many examples, brothers and sisters, of great men and women of God in the Bible. That were chosen, that failed, but repented and got back up. It's time for us to repent and get back up. The race is not to the swift, but it's to he who endures to the end. Thank you so much for your time. Brothers and sisters, I pray that tonight's lesson was edifying for each and every one of you and glorifying to God. If you are on YouTube, then type in this right here. We're going to put it in the comment section Truth Hour TV and please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Those who are on YouTube and on Facebook, if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. 312-719-7310. youtube watchers and listeners please share the link with other people please join our facebook group page which is the truth hour bible class again the truth hour bible class go to facebook and join that page follow our page and again brothers and sisters let's continue to support this bible ministry if you felt like it was good for you tonight just imagine what this would be for your family members and your friends and your co-workers. So again, please share this lesson. Continue to share it. Just because we're done with the live don't mean you can't share it. So once we're done with the live, please continue to share it. And again, for the next four weeks, we're going to deal with the lesson. The greatest story never Told part one, two, three, and four. The greatest story never told. You did you think that you really knew everything about Jesus? Well, maybe there's some more information. Tune in, we're going to take you from the beginning all the way to tomorrow. (laughs) All the way to tomorrow. All right, so let's stand up, face Jerusalem, pray out. And, uh, Father God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we thank you for tonight's lesson, Father God. We pray, Father God, that all those that heard, Father God, were inspired, Father God, not by me, but by your word, Father God. Even my testimony, I give you the glory and the praise for that, Father God. Allow us, Father God, to be positive even during the trials and tribulations in our life and what we go through. Allow us to keep the faith and not be shaken and not be moved. For you said if we have the faith of a mustard seed, we can move those mountains in our life, Father God. That mountain of financial issues, that mountain of marital issues, that mountain of employment issues, the mountain of family and friend issues, Father God. You said if we have the faith of a mustard seed, we can even move those mountains. So we believe in you, Father God. Give us the strength to walk in your way, Father God, to resist the temptation of the devil, Father God. But we know the closer we get to you, the stronger the devil is going to try to be approaching us, Father God. We pray this prayer in your son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters. Again, um, stay tuned. Sister Key Israel, let me know what time you want to go live. Again, this is my last week on the night shift on Tuesdays. So we're going to let you guys know what time we're going to go live next week, whether it's going to be six or seven. But if you text me at that number that we put in there, 312-719-7310, if you text me with your name, then you will also get an invite before we go live. All right. Thank you so much, brothers and sisters. Peace and blessings in Jesus name.